0: Hi, this is Pete George on Game Changers with Vicki Abelson. Our special guest tonight is Fred Willer. Yay! Thank you.
1: Fred, thank you so much for having us to your house.
2: Oh, well, thank you for coming.
1: It's, it's my <laughs> pleasure. I'm excited, Fred, because I've known you for, I don't know, I've, I, I feel like I've known you for oh, about eight years and I see you at Phil Rosenthal's house yes, for yes, pizza yes, and movie yeah. night. He's also always,
2: he's, he's always got a very interesting crowd there. It's you never a, know who's going to be there.
1: It's a very interesting yes. crowd. Like, have you met people that you were excited to meet there?
2: Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. And, and you know, um, um, people I used to work with, people yes. I, who I admire. Yeah, he's... Uh, Limitless, who he, everyone wants to come to his screenings. It did. And the I, Rosenthal Theater.
1: That's right. And and I used to get to go every single Sunday, but he's too popular now. Now oh, I'm yeah. lucky if I go once every two months. Yeah. I'm like on the low end of that list. Oh, yeah. You still going all the time?
2: Uh, I get invited every, every so often, yeah.
1: It's fun. I usually see you there. I think we're on the same list. No, oh, maybe. And, uh, and, uh, I've had I've met so many interesting. I met Russell Brand there. That was a wild. Oh dear. And Harry Connick Jr. Some i like way out there. Oh. Carl Reiner and I got to meet you. That was the best thing. Oh, and uh. and um as I told you then. Fernwood tonight, arguably not
2: arguably for me. Yeah, a couple of the writers I knew from the days of Fernwood tonight, and who's the famous uh, bass player? The uh um the young guy. Um,
1: Who. The bass
2: player Myers. My uh, uh. Anyway, used to date Taylor Swift.
1: Oh, John Mayer.
2: John Mayer was there once. Really. I had really? a very nice conversation with him. Wow. Just
1: a yeah. Wow. Yeah. He. I didn't get to go to that uh, one. Norman Lear is there occasionally. Yes. Yes. Norman's there, and and our friend Phil just was nominated for an Emmy award yeah, yesterday. that's wonderful.
2: He does for... some uh, amazing shows. Uh, and I always told him we should not have eaten before we go to a screening. He should feed us after the screening because they're, they're all about food, and they, he makes everything look delicious. He
1: does make everything look delicious, yes. and he's also a an investor in Mozza Pizza. So we eat Mozza Pizza yeah. before the movie, mm-hmm. which is always fun. And then Fred is the the best partaker of my brownies, which is always yeah, yeah. I was looking
2: for those brownies. Um, and Phil, not only the food is is interesting, but he visits such interesting places. He does. He'll be to, he'll go to Vietnam, to Korea, and you Have see. Have
1: you gone to any of the restaurants that Phil recommends, like in L.A.?
2: I haven't seen any that he recommend. I've I, the show I liked the most was when he shot it in New York because everyone who was there at one time lived in New York, and it was oh, I know where that place is. That's because that uh, otherwise friend. you're seeing a restaurant in. Um, Russia or Vietnam, and uh, they're all such beautiful countries, and the people are so friendly and so nice. And especially with Phil, because he's yeah. great with that. Yeah.
1: The I, my favorite was the one in Italy. I loved that one, and oh, I, okay. I, I wanted to jump in there and eat everything they were yes, eating. That yeah. was amazing. So, so, Fred, I, I started to say that for me, and you were on Everybody Loves Raymond, which is mm-hmm. your connection to to Phil. Phil, yes. Was that was that a fun show to work on? Oh, it was
2: a wonderful show to work on. Uh, You became part of the family, even though you weren't there every week. Uh, You know, they were all, uh, you'd show up and it was just, oh, hi, we're so glad you're here. So you didn't really feel like the new kid in school every week.
1: That's really nice. It was really sad that Georgia left recently.
2: Yes, yes. And Peter Boyle, I was a friend of Peter's. On and off for years. I was
1: going to say, did you know him back in the day?
2: I did know him before he even did Joe, before oh. he did, played... Uh,
1: how did you meet Peter?
2: He, I don't know, I forget how, but he was at my daughter's uh, christening. Wow. And he was just, it was Peter Boyle, you know? I think we both um, had been members of Second City in I Chicago. I was going to ask if he was an improviser. Yeah. Uh,
1: so let's go to that. So so your background is in improvisation. When we, right before we went on the air, you were saying that when you were a kid, no, you didn't want to be an actor. What'd you want to be when you when you were a kid? I think
2: I want to be a baseball player, or uh, that's what really interested me.
1: Did you play in school? I
2: played in school. I played in high school. I played in college. I played in the army, one year. So that, uh, and then I got to play on a celebrity uh, softball team. Which got it all out of my system. Finally, we played at Fenway Park in Boston. Oh come on! Yeah, we played. What position did you play? First base no, or right oh, field? So you're good then. Yeah. Um, but I played with uh, um, Mark Harmon yeah. and everyone who's um, you know they'd come and go. Everyone wanted to be on the team. Did you win? I forget. You know, yeah. just, it was, was it fun? The guy who ran it was very. It, Intense on us winning, but the rest of us were just playing for fun. And Mark Harmon said something very interesting one day. He says, "You know, it's good when we lose when we're playing. You, you play in a city, you play against the local sports personalities or news uh-huh. people, or uh, and says so it's, it's not good to always beat them. If you lose, there's there's nothing wrong with that.
1: That's a good. Attitude. The guy who
2: organized the team would, you know, you got He was
1: he was competitive. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so it. it so did you get hits when you were doing that?
2: Yeah, I was a big singles hitter. I remember the first time I was going to um, Dallas, Texas, to play in a tennis tournament, and they—I knew about it. It was called the Hollywood All Stars, and they all got on the same plane as me. And I said, "God, I'd love to be in that uh, on the team." They said, "Oh well, we'll think about you." And I—I I don't know why I think I had my glove with me, yep. and I said, sort of <laughs> "Keep me in mind." So. We played in the tennis tournament, and that night they they called me and said, "Fred, would you like to play?" One of the guys has dropped out. I said, "Sure." So I went over. They gave me a jersey, and uh, first time up, I got a nice base hit. Not nice. ever, a home run hitter. Uh huh. So at the end of the game, the uh, the guy who organized it said, "Come on, we're having a team photo." And I said, "Well, I'm not really a member of the team." He said, "Well, you are now." And I was so thrilled. It was like it was like the, the Cleveland Indians that oh, said I drafted Indian. you. Yeah. <laughs> So I got to play in a lot of games and met a lot of sports celebrities.
1: That's really fun. Who's do you have a sports hero?
2: Well, yeah, that I never met. One was Ted Williams, of course, Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Were you always
1: a Dodger? Were you you a Dodger fan? No, I was a Cleveland Indians fan because I was born and raised in Cleveland. But now a Dodger fan?
2: Well, you can't help but be. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, uh, but still, I still root for the Cleveland Indians. Mm -hmm. And the All Star game this year was in Cleveland.
1: And we have Pete George back there, Yay. who's also a Cleveland. Yeah. Come out, come here and say. Pete's got a big gig coming up this week that he's got to tell everybody about. Pete George, everybody. Hello,
0: everybody. Fellow
1: Clevelandites. Yeah, Cleveland from, uh So, so. Where am I? Where are you this
0: week? I will be headlining the Grand Hotel in downtown Las Vegas next Wednesday through Sunday. Five shows. That's excellent. Wow.
1: So, yeah. were you a Cleveland Indians fan?
0: Yeah, I still am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my family went to the All Star game and they said it was amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they went to the uh, what's that? The uh, the uh, the home run derby too.
2: Yeah, that was yeah. exciting, right? Yeah.
0: Next time. I'll Next go. time. All right. It's well, every young so man's
2: dream: it being at a home run derby, right? And uh, did you, you ever
1: get to do that?
2: <laughs> I'd love to. I was never a home run hitter. I could. Uh, yeah,
1: no. Reggie Jackson was my hero. He was a home run. Hitter. Yeah, he was a big hitter. He was a great home run hitter. Yeah. So, so Ted Williams, okay. so who like who? I'm not, okay. I'm not thanks. Ahead, yeah. Thanks, Pete. Pete, if you have questions for Fred, which I know that you do because I'm already looking, there's all kinds of people already saying hi to hi to you, Fred. Oh. So uh, we're we're gonna see if I can get that thing going, um, but there's all kinds of people saying hi. It's giving. Oh, it's that's doing, nice. It's doing weird things. So. Um, Oh, so Danny McDermott says love Fred. I know Danny. Danny's a comic in New York. We're just going to say some hellos here while we can. Sharon Daniels says hi. Sharon is an impressionist. She does she she does an incredible Joan Rivers, and she's pretty amazing. Hi, John Myers. I know you have a question. Hi, Pam. Hi, Scott. Scott Kranz said he met you and your, and your wife at the Mark Twain Awards. In Washington, D.C. And um, Scott's an old friend of mine. We used to do clubs together in Whose New York. award
2: was it? I got, was back for several of them. Mark Twain. No, but... The, oh, oh. With oh, whose
1: award? Oh, Scott, tell us. I was um, there for
2: Bob Newhart's and uh, I want to think Jonathan Winters, but he was just... Uh, really? I was there for several years, yeah.
1: That's really cool. I seem, um, I seem to
2: have met Bob Newhart. I was on his show, the Newhart Show, and uh, because I auditioned, it's for one of the first shows I got, Uh, the part called for someone from Cleveland, who lived in Cleveland, and they couldn't understand how he had a year-round suntan living in Cleveland. (laughs) So I said, damn it, I should get this part, I'm from Cleveland. Uh, And I auditioned and uh, got the part, and for some reason, Bob Newhart, he's a wonderful gentleman, and... um, he, I got to know him, and he first he invited me when he got the Mark Twain Award to fly to Washington, and uh, they put us up in the hotel. I remember the Smothers Brothers were there, Aww. and for the whole weekend he'd take us out for drinks, and wouldn't let us pay for a thing. Aww. And he kept saying, "Thank you so much for coming and doing this," and it was such a thrill to be there. To, uh, he, he's a great.
1: Uh, you had to audition, so that had to be early in your career. Yes, you it audition. was
2: pretty early. Um, um. But I went in and read and got it, and uh, I played a very egotistical uh, guy, and I watch it now and I can't stand myself, my, I can't stand my character. Yeah,
1: but you're, you're so great when you do that stuff, because yeah. e- because even when you play jerks, yeah. you're so lovable, because oh, you're, you're always lovable, that's just who you are. Peter Onorati is, is, is watching, Peter's a wonderful actor and um, he says that you are brilliant. Well, that's really Um, nice. And uh, hi, Peter. Candy Clark, do you know Candy? Sure, from uh, American Graffiti, yes. Candy, hi, Candy. And um, um, Peter says congrats on the Grand Hotel gig. Yeah. (laughs) I hope
2: people don't go to Vegas to see Fred Willard. Oh, he's talking to—he's talking
1: to George, to Pete. I mean, I'm—I'm like getting. Pete, that's
2: that's very exciting to be in Vegas. There, downtown, downtown. Yeah,
0: yeah, beautiful hotel. Uh Yeah, I'm looking forward my first time there. I've done Planet Hollywood and a few other casinos, but yeah. The yes. rock,
1: he's the rock and roll comedian, for those of you who right. don't know. Um, so, uh, Va- Valerie Berwinger, you were talking about Disney, so Valerie, does Valerie still work at Disney? I don't know, but I think she does, but Fred's grandson wants to work at Disney, so maybe we can hook him yeah. up. Alright, maybe we can hook him up. I think we have somebody we can hook him up with. Alright, so Pete, you'll do that with us later. So, yep. so let's go back to this. So you didn't want to be an actor, you wanted to be a baseball player. You were on track for that. You played college ball. Yes. So yes. why did that get derailed?
2: Well, I just wasn't really that that good. You know, I was fairly good. You were fairly good. But um, did what,
1: what did what you play in college?
2: What position? Yeah. Well, I got to play shortstop. Wow. Uh, one season because our regular shortstop got a, a kidney stone or something and he didn't show up. And you uh, I, of I,
1: tall I, to be a shortstop. Well,
2: I, it was a thrill. I played all, all positions, and uh, I played the outfield. I played uh, first base. It, it, it was just one of those things I always had a dream of being. It, it's, almost every kid does. Um,
1: it's the American dream. Yeah,
2: yeah. So,
1: how, so how did you end up? How did you? It, uh, how did you get to improvisation? How did How did that happen? Did Did you do school plays when you were a kid?
2: No. No. But I got out of uh, when I got out of the army. Yeah. I went to New York and I decided, I said, I wanted to either be a disc jockey or, then when, then I said, or, might, might be an actor. And I started going around to different Just acting like schools to see what they did. And then they all had uh, sense memory and uh, this and that, and not, none of it interested me. And I <laughs> finally found one called Showcase Theater. Mm-hmm. And I went in and they said, well, what we do is, uh, we you, you prepare a scene and every 10 weeks we invite professional people you know Mm -hmm. people uh, industry people to come to see and I said boy that's what I want to do all I got to do is you know memorize lines and do the scenes and um that's the best way to learn I think just to get on stage and memorize a scene and do it you can tell if you're doing well or not doing well
1: did you have did you have did anybody teach you anything invaluable did you have any guidance when you were or was it all innate and it just it kind of
2: just no you just did it we our teachers were very uh, there was a husband and wife team very counterproductive they were frustrated actors themselves so it was difficult but anyway i uh got to be friendly with another guy there in the class we seemed to have the same sense of humor and one time uh, we saw an ad in the show business some show business pa- paper actors wanted for a comedy sketch review. So we went down and they were meeting on one night and we went in and the guy, he says, can I help you? I said, well, we, we uh, your ad said you needed actors for a sketch review. They said, do you have your own material? And we said, no. He said, well, come back when you have a couple sketches of your own. So every week we'd write a sketch and we'd go in and do it for them. And eventually he said, um, you know, you guys are very good. I think we're going to forget our comedy review and just do a night of your material wow and so we did it and then we got an agent we got a manager slowly but surely when funny stories like going into a a guy who uh, I think was a a manager or a, a producer or something and he said all right let me see one of your sketches so we started to do a sketch and halfway through it he got up and he started to walk out of the room he says keep going So we kept going for about 30 seconds. And we finally said, this is ridiculous. What are we doing? We're talking to ourselves. they came back, oh, sorry, yeah, where were we? But so every every actor, every comedian has a story like that. Um, So anyway, we started to get jobs, local jobs in the mountains.
1: And it's just the two of you. Just two of us. We Uh did
2: sketches. And it seems that uh, we worked... At the time, there were just coffee houses. It wasn't like a big comedy... Uh, tour uh, today, every city. Oh, wait, after. let me
1: just stop you for a second. How much of that sketch was scripted, and how much of it were you... Well,
2: we never scripted anything. Okay. I, I wrote most of the stuff, mm-hmm. and we'd rehearse it, and we'd... Uh, uh, very little improvisation, uh, but we got a pretty good following. Um, we would play... One of the most important things, we played a couple of clubs in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, And The Hungry Eye in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And so then we finally, uh, we broke up finally. And my agent called he said, they're casting for people to come to Chicago to be in Second City. And they'd like to see you. And I said, oh, I can't do that. I'd seen Second City, the original, when they came to Broadway. Uh I said, they're all so intelligent. They do things about psychiatry (laughs) and about (laughs) historical things. He said, well, just come in and... uh, he, so he was with William Morris, and they, yeah. they were a couple of the producer and the mm-hmm. owner of the club were there. And Robert Klein was one of the Aww. other actors uh, auditioning. And um, I got up, they, they put two of us up, and they give us a subject. And for, for some reason, I got some very easy things, and I did, did very well. By the time, like an hour and a half was up, they said, all right, we have time for one more. I put my hand up, I'd like to do it. Suddenly, I was into it. Nice. So they interviewed us one at a time. Afterwards, they said, well, we'd like you to come to Chicago. And of course, I had other th- irons in the fire. I said, well, I don't know. I'm working on this, and I'm working on that.
1: Like, what are the things that were so exciting? Well, I was
2: working with another comic to do uh, um, an act, and but, but to, just to pick up from New York and go to Chicago. Yeah. Was, for six months, they wanted you to. Wow. And they said, well, we'll uh, keep a place open for you for about a week, but then we have to know. I said, oh, okay. So I got back to where I was living, and I called a friend of mine who owned a bookstore in Chicago, who I thought very highly of. She was very bright. She Still, there's a bookstore in Chicago called Barbara's Bookstore. Her name, she was the Barbara. She was the Barbara. And I called her, and I said, is Second City still hip? And she said, oh, yeah, it's very hot. So, begrudgingly, I called. I said, okay, I'll come to Chicago. So, I went with Robert Klein, we had a whole new company did
1: you it was david steinberg in your company david too? had been but uh-huh. he was in
2: london with the they moved the whole company to, oh, to wow. london uh uh-huh. so we got there and we were opened up and we did our first show was uh, old second city material which i loved so bright it was so bright and then the company the, the london company came back and david joined our group uh huh and so uh it was david steinberg robert klein myself uh, another actor and two wonderful women. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of six months, they asked me if I wanted to say another six, and I said, oh, geez. But now I was into it. Mm-hmm. So I found, well, at the time, we were getting, I think, $150 a week, and that was pretty good.
1: <laughs> and uh, were you guys writing sketches as well? Yes, then writing we were sketches, doing yeah, writing yeah. stuff.
2: To, mm-hmm. So it was our own material in mm-hmm. the uh, show. Um,
1: so were you writing with, like, Robert and, and David and...
2: Well, what we would do, we would do an improv mm-hmm. in the show, and if it seemed to go well, then we'd, we'd work on it a little. Mm-hmm. And uh, to this day, when I go to Second City and I see their, their sketches, I can't believe some of them came from improvisations. It all seemed so much sharper and wonderful. We, so, anyway, I stayed another six months, and I asked our director, I said, Should I have asked for more money? And he said, No. I said, Okay, that's all I want to know. <laughs> So um, that's how I got started. Um, then I came back to L.A. and um,
1: How did Ace Trucking Company start?
2: Well, right after that, Second City, someone called me and said, look, we're opening up a, I'm starting a sketch group. And we're going to get up at the bitter end. Oh, God. And I said, well, I just came from Second City and I still have some sketch ideas. That might be fun. So we get up after the regular show mm-hmm. and work on it. And we were, did very well. There were some very funny guys. And, uh, In
1: those days, at the Bitter End, Woody Allen was doing stand up, and I
2: never directing. saw him, but I seem to remember Neil Diamond getting up, wow, or, uh, doing a show, and um, we did very well. And uh-huh. the manager, the manager of Dave, who managed Dave Fry, mm-hmm. who was very hot at the time, mm-hmm. came down. He wanted to sign us, and then someone from the Tonight Show saw us, and we didn't even have a name then, and he said, "Well, we got to have a name. What do we?" Well, Laugh-In was popular, though that is, why don't you call yourself Laugh-Out? Well, that didn't strike us too. it. Anyway, people came up with dumb names. And one of the guys in our group was doing an improv, a man on the street interview. Mm-hmm. He says, I worked for the Ace Trucking Company in Brooklyn. We thought that was so funny that in every city there'd be an Ace typewriter company, an Ace. <laughs> so we call ourselves the Ace Trucking Company.
1: That's a crazy name. But yeah. it's But it totally worked for you guys. Yeah.
2: So we started getting jobs. Our first job was on The Tonight Show. And then we did the... Well, what, mer- what
1: was that... What was... Uh, how was Johnny with you? How how was it to be?
2: Well, uh, one guy in our group was... You probably remember the most memorable group was Raymond J. Johnson. You don't have to call me Ray. Right. You can call me Jay. <laughs> and for some reason... Um,
1: Johnny imitated that a lot. Oh,
2: yeah. They, uh, the band leader... Um,
1: Skitch Henderson. No. Skitch uh, Henderson. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, my God. After him. Oh, Doc? my... Doc, Doc Severinsen. Right.
2: Just took a loving to... to His name was Billy Saluga, our mm-hmm. actor. So I think that's why... And Johnny Carson loved this, and he'd repeat some of our catchphrases. Mm-hmm. So we did about 90 Tonight Shows. I remember one wow. time... We did two in one week because we were on with Mama Cass when she sat in for Johnny Carson. We also did it with Johnny, so twice in one week. Wow. And they would make, uh, we would do a rehearsal and they would build props for us. Uh, We did something about a couple of uh, gang members coming into a shoe store to just buy shoes. They'd build a shoe store uh, set for us. So then we'd go out on the road and do it. We didn't have a set, but still (laughs) the audience had seen us on The Tonight Show. uh, Right. So we did very well, but eventually... We had a very heavy set guy, George Terry mm-hmm. and he was I mean we I made uh, all of them made me laugh. We would have so much fun and he got a, a role in the Marty Scorsese movie. oh wow, and then he he had he had an accident in one of the movies where he was supposed to be geared up to a harness mm-hmm. and someone was supposed to shoot him, they were supposed to pull pull him back mm-hmm. and what happened there was a lot of slack left in the harness. he went back, and he got a very bad head injury. And he was never quite the same after that. Mm. One of the guys went to visit him in the hospital, and he was writing. They said, what are you doing, George? He said, I'm writing a sketch. And what he was doing is just copying something out of Time magazine. Then he became very difficult to work with, so we had to get a replacement. And then the lead of the group uh, got involved in writing... um, a movie—I forget what it was. It was all sketches, and that was very pop- popular. Like
1: like a Putney Swope kind of thing. Yes,
2: mm-hmm. uh, I think of it when right. the show is over.
3: <laughs>
1: but so we started,
2: uh, of course, recruiting other members. Then it, it just kind of went away, and then but then I started getting shows. Uh huh. I did Laverne and Shirley, and uh, with,
1: with Lynn. Sto- was Was Lynn there when you were working on? And Stewart was she on when you were there? No. Did you know, Sim- well... But, I- but uh, uh,
2: David Lander and Michael McKeon were mm. on. And I'd known them because they had been in part of a comedy group called the um, uh, Credibility Gap. And when we went to do like 12 dates in Chicago and Indianapolis, I'd seen their act and I said, would you guys like to work with us? There's just two of us left. So we combined our shows. Oh, wow. And I was such a fan. They had such bright material. So I knew them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I did... Uh, so how,
1: how did you segue from doing the Ace Trucking Company now to doing TV? How did that happen? I mean, you, well, you were doing that on Johnny Carson, but how did you get to
2: Well, sitcom? people would just uh, call, and people just got to know me, and then I did a, sh- a pilot for a show, and I'm only jumping ahead a little. That's okay. It was called Space Force. Okay. And I, and it was pilot. It was a takeoff on Star Trek or, you know. And, and I did funny. it. The pilot didn't go. But I thought I was going to be a... a A sitcom star. Um, And then, so jump forward to about a year ago, Trump's people started with Space Force. We're going to have a Space Force. Right. And then someone from from CNN remembered, Googled it, and saw that I'd been in a pilot called Space Force. And they had footage of it. And I didn't think anything of it. And then I got a call from Jimmy Kimmel's people. Would you come on? There was more talk about Space Force. (laughs) So I came on and they recreated the outfit and then I did an interview and this is Fred Willard and I pretended I was still pushing, yes, to do a show called Space Force. Uh, and, and that's then, been a
1: running bit for you, hasn't it? Has it has been. And then yeah. they,
2: uh, every couple of weeks they would call me, they still do, to that's come so on and wonderful. do a sketch. So that's why I mentioned Space Force is a forgotten show. But then... Um,
1: well, that came back to serve you. Yeah. You never know what something can turn yeah. into. Yeah.
2: But then to flash backward, I got a call uh, from Norman Lear's people. They were doing a show called Fernwood Tonight.
1: Okay, we have to talk about this because when I met Norman and I said my favorite show of yours is from, and no one ever says, everyone says all in the family, right? But not for me. For me it was Fernwood Tonight. So, okay, so he calls you, they call you in.
2: And they said, we're doing a, uh, we need someone that's, could be Martin Mull. I thought they wanted me to be the host. Right. And I had done a sketch at Second City uh, where I was the host of a, of a, an amateur night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was very easy with that, you know, playing down to people who weren't too talented. <laughs> and they said, no, Martin, M- Martin Mull is the host. You'd be the, the Ed McMahon. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I know. I started recommending other people I thought would be better than me. And they said, well, no. A couple of people said you'd be perfect. I said, "Well, I'm doing, I don't know what I was doing." I said, "No, I. I, I was doing something else." Were
1: well, you resistant because you felt like you were the straight? You no,
2: I, there was something else I. I wanted to. Do. I think I did done another pilot for a, a, a series, and mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be a you know a sitcom star. They <laughs> said, "Well, just come in for a week. We're going to do a week of rehearsals." Mm-hmm. And I knew. Did him. you know Martin? I didn't. I'd seen him. I he was on a bill at the Troubadour, mm. with my friend Robert Klein. So I saw Robert Klein and Martin Mull. I think opened or closed.
1: Had you ever seen Mary Hartman?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, he I, had
1: that dual role on there, yeah,
2: Barth and Garth. But I saw Martin Mull. I said, "Boy, this guy is is sharp. Mm. He didn't attack easy targets." So he said, "Well, just come in and you know we'll do shows," and I laughed so hard for the week. Martin was so funny. At the end of the week, I told uh, Norman Lear and his producer, I said, I think I'd like to be on this show. So they said, well, great. So the first show, they had me sitting next to Martin, Mm -hmm. like Ed McMahon, and then Mm -hmm. I'd move down to the end, Mm -hmm. and then the Mm -hmm. guests would sit next. And after the first show, they said, we want you to stay sitting next to Martin. It was great. It's great chemistry. So it was just supposed to be one season, Mm -hmm. Fernwood Tonight. But I guess a lot of uh, Norman Lear's celebrity friends loved it. They said, can I be on, can I be on? Mm -hmm but it was set in a town called Fernwood, Ohio. How do we account for the fact that Charleston Heston is in Fernwood? <laughs> uh, so they, they... America. They planned happens. to do a second year in America tonight mm-hmm. in... Um, I forget the town, but I it was the stool there, capital of... uh the, well, the, capital? the unfinished furniture capital of California. <laughs> so that opened the door for all the celebrities to come on. They'd been passing through, and it was... Uh, we had so much fun the second season. Then Norman left the show and um I didn't even know they that they decided not to do a third season. Mm. Because it was making money, but they wanted it it wasn't making enough money. Mm. And I don't think they realized how popular it was because the the numbers, you know, college kids would watch it in a frat house.
1: I was a college kid yeah. we did we never made, you know, yeah. I was saying in those days you had to be in the chair watching live there was no vcr dvr yeah we never missed that show ever yeah
2: so not much came of it well wait
1: so do you have like anything any favorite memories from that show oh
2: my god we had so many funny things uh i got to meet my my hero bert lancaster
1: He was on, God, I don't remember. He wasn't on, no, there was
2: a news conference, we had a press conference for the second season. Mm -hmm. And I had to be introducing the celebrities, and I said, so I introduced Bert Lancaster. And he was standing there, and I said, he's the star of uh, this and that, and the other, and finally I stopped and I said, Mr. Lancaster, I'm sorry, I didn't have the time to memorize all the titles you gave me. And he looked at me, and he came over, and he just grabbed me and lifted me up, and put me down, it was a thrill. Aww. And then another thing I remember very closely on the show, mm-hmm. Charlton Heston was on. Now a lot of the celebrities wouldn't be there for the rehearsal, mm-hmm. so the joke was we'd ask Charlton Heston or Martin would ask Charlton Heston about his youth and all, and I would interrupt him every time and tell. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. <laughs> and each time Charlton Heston would give me kind of a dirty look. And I thought, oh God, he didn't know I was supposed to do that. Oh. And he's going to hate me. So I, I kept doing funny. In the thing, he, he got up and he stormed off. He said, well, I've been here long enough. And he walked out and I felt humiliated. So at the end of the show, Norman Lear was there. I said, was Charlton Heston was mad? He said, he loved it. He knew the whole thing was good. He just loved being made a, a fool out of. Aww. So I didn't realize they'd, they'd come on this, uh, the show. Uh, I think Bert Reynolds was on. No, Robert, um, he had a commercial where he knocked the battery off my shoulder. Robert, um, uh, Stat, Con- not
1: Robert Stat, Conrad? Not Robert Conrad? Conrad. Robert
2: Conrad. Conrad. And I, I think he took a sleeping pill and he fell asleep on the couch, <laughs> and we were making fun of me. You, you could tell he just wanted to change, change, exchange insults with. Him. So it was just fun. Um, yeah, we. It, and, it,
1: and that was like the fir- was that the first time you played like kind of a dumb smarmy character? Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
2: Just a clueless, very clueless guy. I love being a clueless guy. Yeah, yeah.
1: You were perfect as the clueless, yeah. as the clueless guy. Yeah. And and you and Martin together. So did they do like a chemistry read before they hired you between? No, they just
2: threw me into the book. Oh, they the just pod, threw you yeah. in there. And there's the only one who had cue cards was Martin. And uh, there was a kind of a script, but it was like taking an exam, you you know crash crash course and. You just remember sometimes I'd glance at Martin's cue card and see when I was supposed to come in. But uh, the first season, the first few episodes, we kind of stayed to the script. Then I realized that if I could, I would say something, they'd tape about 40 minutes for Uh a 21, 22 minute show. And I said if they didn't like what we did, they would just cut it. And uh, So as the season went on, we improvised more and more. And did you
1: and Martin have that chemistry right from the... Yeah, right away.
2: I, I just loved his comedy. Mm-hmm. I I knew I felt secure working with him. I knew you could never top him or throw him. Uh, and I, I might... Uh,
1: you could be at your highest game and he wouldn't be threatened by it. He could no. go with it. And
2: you would think he didn't even know what you, where you are going. I, I I did some joke that had something to do with the old commercial book. Oh, I could have had a V8. <laughs> and I said, now at the end of this whole thing, I'll say, uh, oh, I could have had a Pepsi. And he, he was hardly paying any attention. So we did the whole bit. At the end, he came right in with a clue. He knew right where to do it. So it was, it was great fun. Um, so we're still very friendly. I, we, we don't socialize too much, but I'm a big, I've been a big fan of Martin. Yeah. And um,
1: Did you ever work with him again after that?
2: Yes. We did. A, he did a show called History of White People in America, and I was on that. <laughs> we did a movie called, I think it was called Lots of Luck. Um, we played friends, co-workers, um, yeah, so. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: Okay, so after Firmware Tonight, I, I, your IMDB is so, I, I can't even scroll that long. So what happened, where did you go after Firmware Tonight? What happened for you? I really I'm, I'm going to have to go to your IMDB, because yeah. we, we need your IMDB. I think that
2: one of the first things might have been, um, Laverne and Shirley.
1: Okay. And was that Oh, in I know,
2: a couple of years after uh, Fernwood Tonight, I know, um, mm-hmm. oh, I did a show called uh, Sirota's Court.
1: Right, yeah. Oh, I remember that.
2: It ran, it was just 12 episodes and then the um, producer left and um, so it folded. It was very funny though. I played a, a very cheap uh, defense attorney. Mm-hmm. It wasn't improvised, but it, I just had a great time doing it. And then, can,
1: can you st- Do you stick to the script if they want you to stick oh, to absolutely. the script? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah. In mm-hmm. fact, a lot of times I've done things since then that say, you know, if you, just feel free to improvise. And I feel strange because I've memorized the script and the right. script seemed fine to me. And I've never gone in and thought, oh, this is awful. Let me improvise. Mm-hmm. So then you're under pressure. Uh, and if you're not that funny, they said, Well, our script was better than that. <laughs> but um then one day I was at home and the phone rang and I answered and it says, Fred, this is George Schlaughter. I said, Oh my god. Because I knew him laughing. Right. I said, Oh, Mr. Schlaughter, how are you? He says, You know, I'm doing this show called Real People. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk to these people who are kind of uh uh kind of off the beaten path. And he says, And I saw you on uh, Fernwood Tonight, where you talked just one-on-one to all these, uh, strange people. <laughs> and he said, you never, you never played down to him? I said, no, no, you got to talk to him, you know. He said, oh, I'd like you to be on the show. And I said, oh God, well, great. So we went in and, um, the first season was just six episodes. Mm-hmm. And I went and I did, uh, went out to do stories. And then we, it was a wonderful gig, uh, We'd come in, I think, Wednesday and rehearse for half a day. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday we'd shoot the show and that was all we, we'd done. Nice. And then I just didn't want to do it the next season for some reason. Again, I, I do not know what I wanted to do. So I left for a couple of seasons. And then uh, there was a story I read about a baseball player who only had one arm. He played one year in the major leagues wow. during the war. And I read a story about him. He lived in a small town in Pennsylvania. And I called George Slaughter. I said, George, I'd like to come back and do one episode... Wow! ...about this guy. His name was Pete Gray. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on in, Fred. Yeah. (laughs) And so it turned out the guy, they contacted the guy. Mm -hmm. And he's an old curmudgeon, you know. He said, well, I don't want to be interviewed. Besides, they're doing a movie of the week about me. And and so I was very disappointed. George says, why did you come back and do, like, just a few episodes... So I came back. I did eleven episodes that year, and had a great time. So finally, I was on, on board with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was funny. A little, I wasn't on the inside of the real people, what was going on. Sarah Purcell was. Mm-hmm. She, I loved her. She was wonderful. And yeah. Skip Stevenson mm-hmm. and Bill Rafferty and Byron Allen was mm-hmm. just starting out. And uh, so I had an attorney. I didn't have an agent. She went in to negotiate. So I said, well, I'll do, an, I'll do a full season because the money was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So she called. She said, well, here, they want this. They want that. I said, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. They, you'll do so many cutaways, so many trips. Uh, and she said, "And he wants you for three more seasons. Wow. And I said, well, no, I just work a year at a time. Just, let's just make it just one year. And then at the end of the year, she says, well, he wants three seasons. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do? make a decision? She says, no, he withdrew his offer. I said, really? She said, that's the quickest I ever saw a nego- negotiation go south. So then I started adding up how much money I would have earned, and and uh, it turned out that the show only went another season. Mm. Midway through the season, Bill Rafferty called me. He said, have they called you yet? I said, no, they've just fired Skip Stevenson. They fired me. So they got they hired some other guy. So I found out inside news George Slaughter hired and fired everybody at one time. Mm. Even He wanted to get rid of uh, Sarah Purcell. Uh, NBC said she wants more money. And George says, well, you pay her. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Well, so George Slaughter is the kind of guy you hate, but you love. He's like a big teddy bear. Mm. And now every time he sees me, he'll come up from behind and grab me and squeeze me. So he's a, he's a lovely guy. And then he called me. Um, a few years later, they did a reunion show real people. It was me and Sarah Purcell. We went down to Orlando to do it at Disney World. And I thought, this is a mistake. He should get Skip Stevenson. He should get the whole group. But I didn't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. So we did it, and it didn't go anywhere. But uh, it was fun. We did some very interesting shows. It was George Slaughter who, who uh, he would put on... Uh, this was before they did any um, those uh, shows like uh, Entertainment Tonight. Mm-hmm. And he would show up people's... Um, um, audition real, you know stars mm-hmm. i mean he was very inventive mm-hmm. and they took a lot from And i tell george uh you should be suing someone they, they took a lot of it they say, yeah i know, I know. <laughs> uh, but he, he was very in, inventive so um i still consider him a, a friend and i was part of the tribute to george slaughter it was a big uh, it was amazing what he did i mean he knew sinatra he he do things. That, he was a bouncer at the old, um, what's now the laugh, uh, the laugh store. The what was the big um, the comedy store? Though. The comedy store. What was that originally? Uh, I
1: don't know. I'm in New York. Laugh Factory. No, it was
2: uh, the was old that? days. Uh, oh, you know when the, all the movie stars went there. Oh, it's on Sunset.
1: Not like the Brown Derby or something. It was like that. So, but something he was, like that.
2: Yeah, Formosa. No, oh, it was was still nice. there? anyway. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll think of it when the show's over. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: what happens with it. So, so TV was your thing. How did you segue from TV to movies?
2: I forget what the first thing I did. Uh, It was before Christopher Guest. It was before Christopher Guest. I know I got called to do uh, Apple Pie, the third American wedding. Oh, really? I don't know if that was my first... I think the first movie I did was uh, Teen mo- Teenage Mother. It was okay. a little independent film. Yeah. One of the, one time I was on Jay Leno as a guest, and they they found the film and showed scenes from the film. I played a baseball coach. Well, it's funny, auditioning for... You know, in New York, you go around to audition for movies, and one time there was an ad in, in one of the show business papers, all types needed. So I went in, I went in the guy's office, and he looked at me and he says, I don't think we have anything for you. I said, oh, but you said all types needed. I said, this is going to be a very tough business.
1: <laughs> so, did, so? Was uh, it sounds like you were always really confident. Were you confident? It sounds like you were confident.
2: Well, not confident. I don't think I, I, I was dedicated, but I didn't have anything to fall back on. Um, so you had to make it work. Because most people, yeah, I just I just assumed uh, something would come up. Um,
1: but the fact that you would, you didn't want to sign a long term contract. You kind of no, knew, yeah,
2: you, I, I knew I, you were gonna work. I, yeah, I had my options, and uh, at the time, everyone was starring in the movie, and uh, you know there was. Uh,
1: what was the dream when you started? What, what what was your dream? Was it just to be a, a sitcom star? Was that your dream?
2: A sitcom or movies or mm-hmm. something, and then they did. Uh, What's the Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi Blues Brothers Mm -hmm. and something like that? What was the first thing they did? Um, The college... um, Animal House. Animal House, yeah. And um, then there was another one that Martin Mull and I were considered for. And then instead they went with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. I didn't find out about that until years later because they were very hot at the time. Uh. And then it turned out that they were... A lot of problems on the set. And I know oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I bet that But I, got, I became friendly with uh, John Belushi. And the way I became friendly with him, I knew him from uh, Second City. Mm-hmm. And I'd become friendly with him. And I watched the first year of uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I said, God, this is Wonderful. And I was sitting in the improv one night, and John Belushi walked in. This was They were just taking their first break. Mm-hmm. And I jumped up. I went over and said, John, I love your show. I said, come on, i got to introduce you Ron because nobody knew who he was. i got to tell everyone. And he seemed a little, you know, come on, this is John Belushi. We've got to watch the show. Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live. So we were at some um, uh, industry event, and my mm-hmm. wife said, Lauren Michaels and the, the wall we sitting on the table, she said, Go over and say hello to him. That you love their show? I said, I don't want to go over. Go over. Go over and say... So I went over and, Hi, I'm Fred Willard. I love your show. Blah, blah, blah. A few weeks later, I got a call. Got an offer to host Saturday Night Live. It turns out Muhammad Ali was supposed to host, but he something happened. He didn't do it. And I have a feeling it had something to do with John Belushi. Because go I, got, I got to, to the show, uh-huh. and John didn't show up the first day or two. He was like that... About the third day, they no one knew who John Belushi was. One day, or where he was, right. there was a phone call. I said, John wants to talk to you. I said, oh. I said, hi, John. What, he was some place in the village where you do uh, one of a uh, Swedish massage places, and then oh. they'd whip you. <laughs> he said, I want to make sure they're treating you well there. So I said, I bet he's pushed. you got to get Fred Willard on, because he remembered that. So... Aww. um did he uh, show up for rehearsal? Oh, he or? finally showed up. Yeah, <laughs> was, and he so was, was wonderful, that, of course. Was
1: that was that a great experience during Saturday Night Live?
2: It was wonderful, and it was so scary that you weren't scared. Really? I mean, you were standing backstage just before the, about the, we did the rehearsal, right? And you know, I thought I should be very nervous here. It's going on across the whole country, but it was it was you're so nervous that just forget about it. You're playing for this audience, so I went out and did it.
1: How was your model? Did you have a good model? I
2: think I did a, a, an Elvis Presley impersonation or something. <laughs> I have to and go I back did some, and find it. I that. did some jokes. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know if it worked or not.
1: Is it on YouTube? I'm sure it is. I'd have to find that. I think
2: it was 78 or 79. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, a sketch with um, Lorraine Newman. I love, and, uh, I love Lorraine. And I was in the middle of some other sketch. And all of a sudden, someone some pull on my sleeve. I looked around. it was Chevy Chase. He wasn't on the show anyway, but he was just screwing around with me. You know? Hey, Fred, how are you? Nice to see you. <laughs> oh, Chevy, I'm in the middle of a sketch here.
1: Oh, he did it in the middle of the show? Right in the middle oh, of the show. Fast. It was
2: live. We're going out live. Mm-hmm. And then I did a sketch that most people remember. It was uh, the the Scotch Tape store. <laughs> uh, I, I owned a, a store that only spell, sold Scotch Tape. <laughs> and... Um, What's her name? God love her. America's sweetheart. Uh, Gilda Radner. Gilda Radner was my wife. She was long-suffering. I said, well, you've got to have faith in me. And then John Belushi and uh, someone came in. Do you sell videotapes here? No, just Scotch tape. (laughs) See, I told you. uh, People remember that sketch more than anything. It was wonderful. It was at the end of the show. And during the dress rehearsal, we did that and another sketch in that. so Lauren Michael said, "Now, which it's up to you, which one do you want to do?" I said, "We got to do the Scotch Tape sketch." Um, but all my friends remember that uh, it was wonderful. It was written by the guy who did uh, Father Good uh, Guido Serducci. Um, um, whatever. His I, name.
1: Yeah, uh, um, I I can't believe I'm just I I did a uh, I did a short film for Saturday Night Live with him that he directed Don Novello. Yeah. yeah. Don yeah, yeah. was Donna Very Bella. funny.
2: Yeah, and John Belushi played my uh, stock boy. <laughs> Uh, john go back and get some uh, scotch tapes and it was one i don't want to re-enact how, how
1: was he um how was he on set because he was doing a lot of drugs in those days how, how i didn't
2: notice it? any any problems i mean everyone was uh, uh the only one there were any problems with not, no there were no problems um no problems at all except i guess on a tuesday night they wanted me to it was one of those all night sessions. And we were there at about 10 o'clock at night, and the phone rang in our rehearsal room. And Bill Murray was over there and picked up the phone. And he said, Don't bother us, we're working, and hung up. So I said, Jeez, that's. And it rang again. Don't bother us, we're working, and hung up. And suddenly I thought, Oh God, that's someone calling for me. What? Oh, Fred, it's your wife. <laughs> My wife said, I, t- I said, I'm Fred's wife. God damn it, I want to talk to him. So, so what's going on? We're, 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 writing. She's well, um, again, I'm blanking, the star of Rocky Horror Show.
1: Um, Tim Curry. Tim
2: Curry is working at the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And we have tickets to go see him. Let's go. And I said, okay, so I hung up. I said, Guys, I'm leaving. I'm going down to see Tim Curry. So I guess that didn't put me in good stead with them because I've read since and they love to work till four in the morning. Uh-huh. But I wanted to go down and see Tim Curry. But anyway, um, they came up with the sketches, and then we, you know, which sketch do you want to do? And uh,
1: did things change a lot in the course of the week?
2: I don't really remember that. It just uh, zeroed in. There weren't any sketches I did that got cut.
1: Uh, do you remember who the musical guest was?
2: Yes, Devo. Oh, oh. wow! Yeah, Devo. That they were the first group. They the. And there was a lot of discussion because the Rolling Stones had been on the the show the week before. Wow! And there was a whole lot of talk the week I was on. But uh, they the one the Stones wanted to know or was a sound right, was a certain. And I want to say, Lay, let's concentrate on this week's show. The Stone, because everyone was enamored that the Rolling Stones had been on. So then Devo came on, and I guess they they said, "Look, we're not going to do this formula where it's just one shot. We want the cameras to go in." And out, he was telling them they were telling the producers how they wanted the show. Wow. show to be taped so I I, I just love them I forget what they did beat it or something and there, years later I was at some dinner and um, one of the Devo guys was there and he said we're doing a show we'd love it it'd be so great if you would come out and introduce Aww. but I said I couldn't it was as a conflict I, just, I said damn I would have loved to have done it because they came up to me right before during the show they said would you introduce us as the garbage men of the universe. <laughs> and I said, well, you better talk to Lauren about that, because it's very, you say, now our musical guest... Anyway. Right, right. So I just, I wish now I'd said that, but I just, I said, I don't want to screw up uh, the thing. But it, it was great. And then they had a party, I remember, at uh, um, number one, Fifth Avenue. I remember that place. Mm-hmm. And I went down, and everybody was at their own table. Uh-huh. And I said, that's very strange. And I said to Gilda Radner, I said, uh, you know, it's nice, though, that they show you. That everyone was complaining about this. And, uh, I said, it's nice, though, that they have a party for you after the show. She said, they don't have a party for us. We throw our own party. Huh. So Gilda said, come on over and sit with us. So we sat with him. And Bill Murray came over and apologized. He said to my wife, you know, your husband here was terrific. I'm sorry about that mix-up. So everyone, And then Devo came in and they they claimed that the, no one would serve them. They kept, sat on their chairs in the yoga position. They said they, they ordered food and they were told the kitchen was closed. I don't know if the owners knew who they were. So it was a very interesting night.
3: I bet.
1: But
2: everyone, all the actors chipped in, you No know, Gilda yeah. and Dan Aykroyd oh. and, uh, uh, not Chevy, he wasn't with the show anymore, but John, and throw, threw through their own after show party.
1: I wonder. I I don't think that's the case anymore. I think Probably not. I think they started throwing them parties. Oh yeah, 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 as, yeah as, as the money started This was to, only about the fourth season Yeah, of yeah, wow. So okay, so after that, so so you're doing tonight shows, you're doing this, you're doing guest spots on sitcoms. What what what's happening around that? Time? Oh here let's see. Uh, I have to go way back. Your your IMDb is so long. Oh my God! Give me a name and I'll remember. So, all right. Oh, Wizards of Waverly Place just popped up on here, and I know Josh Sussman. All right, wait. Um, back to you. Oh well, King of the. Hill. Was These was are way later. late. These. Um. Yeah. Look how far I have to scroll to get to the beginning of your career. This is crazy, Fred. You've worked so. Was much. there one
2: called Sister Sister?
1: I remember Sister, Sister. Oh, you were on Two the, young love, girls are still, the Love Boat. Still
2: work. The Love Boat. I did a couple of Love Boats. He, One with Joe Namath.
1: Did you really?
2: Yes. No. We played buddies on the show. <laughs> and I was, of course, a huge fan. Joe Namath. Yeah, yeah. And we 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 worked in the uh, the morning and it was ready to go to lunch. I so was knocking knock on my dressing room door and I opened it. it was Joe Namath. He said, Fred, you want to go to lunch? And I said, sure. <laughs> and I said, what the hell am I going to talk to Joe Namath about? So... But he was a fan of Fernwood, I guess. Aww. And so, so we walked over and I didn't know what to say to him. And I asked him, I said, uh, Joe, uh, do you work out with weights? That's because I, uh. <laughs> he's well, I did, you know, but he says, I, I went up to jump for a, a football. And I pulled a muscle, my so he quit. It, it tightens you up. And that's the only inside information I remember was from <laughs> Joe Namath, but it was, it was just great. Oh, then another thing I said, uh, you know, Joe, I thought we were going out on a ship. Cause love that's what yeah. we saw. He's I thought so too. I thought we were going to ship. but it wouldn't. i was surprised we did it down at uh, Fo- No, not Fox. At uh, Paramount.
3: Mm, that's
1: disappointing. Yeah. So, so speaking of that, did have there, I'm sure there have been a lot of celebrities that you've been a fan of. That then you find out they were a fan of yours.
2: Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I, that happened mostly. Well, one from Fernwood tonight. Yes. Then when I did um, uh, Waiting for Guffman for Christopher Guest.
1: We gotta start talking about that. Yeah,
2: I'm about to run out of the gas here, but I gotta okay. get into the... the, the
1: you gotta the, talk the, about Christopher
2: Guest movies. Uh, I was in Spinal Tap, which he did not direct. Rob Reiner directed that. I knew Rob Reiner because he used me as a pilot for some show he was gonna do. Uh, somehow, I think they did all in the family in the same building where we were doing uh, for New Tonight, so mm-hmm. I, hi Rob, hi Fred. Uh, so I did it and uh, I'd known Harry Shearer. Mm-hmm. And Michael McKean, as I said, from right. working with Ace Trucking Company. And I was such a fan of their stuff. And so they, I worked for a day on Spinal Tap. And then I got a call from a uh, uh, Christopher guest. Fred, uh, I'd like to talk to you. We're doing a movie. And uh, would you come down and talk to me? And I said, sure. So he was in Beverly Hills. And I walked in. And he said, yeah, we're doing... And i just seen him on something on Saturday Night Live. And I went on and on about his character. He says, well, I'm doing kind of a, you know, Corky St. John, he was a very feminine flighty guy. He says, yeah, I'm doing kind of a character like that, and we're doing this movie, and uh, you're the first one I've called. I'd love you to be the, the guy who was the travel agent, and we're trying to get Catherine O'Hara. She won't commit, but uh, 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 Eugene Levy. And I said, well, sure. He said, now, there's no script. It's all improvised. So I thought, oh, that's great. I don't have to memorize any lines. And I was walked in my car, and I thought, oh, that means I've got to come up <laughs> with my own line. So we did it in Austin, Texas, and we did it, and you never thought that people were going to watch it. We were just having fun. I think I was down there for f- about four weeks. And it took Castle Rock a long time to release it, because they oh, didn't really? know what to make of it either. <laughs> and then it came out, and uh, it wasn't a big moneymaker, but everyone in the industry saw it. It was hugely occulted. And so then people... Is the important, I mean people in the street, I remember I was in a celebrity softball game and the announcer said, uh, do you have any credits? Yeah, tell them I'm in Waiting for Guffman. And I walked away, I heard him say, what the hell is Waiting for Guffman? And I thought, what would you ask me for? <laughs> so people at this celebrity softball game didn't know who I was but everyone, hmm. I remember I we went back for a Saturday night live reunion in mm-hmm. Sting, because mm-hmm. my wife and I were there and I said, God, I don't know if they'll leave or leave me in a separate room and it's a big crowd, everyone would ever hosted it. And Sting walked by and he, he started. He said, Hey, Fred Willard, I love you. I'm a big fan. And my wife was so impressed. <laughs> it was so, because everyone knew who I was. And, and then um, uh, again, uh, Helen Hunt's series, uh, Mad About You. Mad About You. She was a big fan. Mm-hmm. They quoted lines from the show. And I got to do several episodes you were great on, Mad About on the show. Yeah, thank you. It was great fun. I loved doing it. They, they, I
1: just heard from Leela Kenzel today. Uh, she played the best friend. Oh sure. She was fabulous. So I'm, she's going to be on this show. I just oh yeah. Message with her today. So so I, I know you're running out of steam, and I want to get to questions before we do. But so of all the Christopher Guest movies that you made, Best in Show. I'm, it, it, well, what?
2: Best in Show was the best because the, the financially everyone loved it. Oh. Um, then I became labeled as that, that dog show guy. But was,
1: was for you, was that the most fun? Because, I mean, it was the most fun to watch. You well, it
2: was, it was a second after Waiting for Guffin. Mm-hmm. And they cut out so many of everybody's lines in Waiting for Guffin. Yeah. Because he just wanted 85 minutes. Uh-huh. And we filmed I mean, we could have done a three-hour show. <laughs> so I was going to be the, co- uh, the color guy. Mm-hmm. And I said, they're going to cut my stuff so, so. Mm. I, so I, I, I would think about it and think about it. And I came up with every joke I could think of. I'm going to just bombard them with every joke I could think of. So half of them had been pre-planned. Mm-hmm. And the other half just came spontaneously. Um, and uh, they kept in an awful lot of them. In fact, about, after about the third time I watched the movie, I said they had just enough of me. I was just getting tired of Ah, uh, so,
1: Well, I don't think anybody else came close to getting tired of No, So, that of did,
2: so uh, then after that, a lot of people would ask me to come on and... Uh, Judge a dog show or something. I said, "Well, it's it's going to be different because I was playing a, a clueless character there. And if I come on as Fred Willard, so I did a few. One one was one of those personal appearances at a man's house in Phoenix, Arizona. What? It was a birthday party. Yeah. And he was a big fan of uh, a Best in Show, and they paid me a lot of money to come and judge it. They had all everyone who came to the party was supposed to have a, a dog. Uh huh. They had their pet dog. And the host didn't have a dog, but he had a little wooden dog that he pulled on a string. And it was actually, we had to vote who was the best dog. And I had to do the play-by-play. And actually, it was was the funniest thing, this toy dog. And we gave him the prize money. And I was doing a show someplace else. And I had to get from, I think, to Vegas, to Phoenix. And I said, well, we'll hire a plane. And you wouldn't—you'd be surprised how much they wanted to hire a little two-seat plane to fly. I forget what, how we got there, but we, we made it in time. But um, we didn't get Beyoncé money, but we got—it was very—it <laughs> was a thrill. And someone once told me—I think my PR guy said—you don't want to do these because the, the host is going to be excited to see, it, and then he's going to start saying, "How much am I paying for this?" <laughs> so I, I try to limit that. If someone said flying into surprise the host, so I didn't want to do that. But the one time I, I couldn't help but doing that, yeah. So, and then one time they wanted me to come out to do the uh, Rose Bowl Parade, and go by and comment on the Rose Bowl floats. And I said, well, okay, he said, yeah, we watch out here at 5.30 in the morning. And I said, you know, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> I'll sit back, I don't think I'd do a good job anyway. So that's the last time I did that.
1: Well, I'm sure, like, everybody would like you to come to their party. Yeah. Pete, do we have questions? Yeah.
2: Uh, what's been your favorite TV gig? Laverne and Shirley. I played a um, a Sharpie who came on. It was probably, I forget when you uh, I think it was the first season of Laverne and Shirley. I played a really sharp, slick guy. Like, uh, if you remember Steve Cochran from the movies. Steve Co- I don't that Black Harry. He, he's, he's a very sleazy guy Uh and I came on and I I, uh, want to date uh, Laverne and Shirley, me and my buddy who came in from Arizona and and, uh, Shirley hated me because I had a ring I'd keep tapping on the table. It was very smoothie and we took Laverne and Shirley for a date. Uh, We wanted to go to the bowling alley Mm -hmm. and it turns out we were two crooks who wanted to dynamite the the restroom Mm -hmm. into the bank. Mm And there was a joke, I said to my cohort, I said one time, we, we pretended we were romantically uh, uh, attracted to Laverne, uh, Laverne Shirley, but I said to my uh, cohort mate I said, it's time to go to the bathroom. And he said, what? It's time to go to the bathroom. So he went into the bathroom and uh, suddenly he came out and there's a big explosion, exploding the door. And David Lander said, Boy, well, he really had to go. <laughs> well, all week, the, the producer said, We can't use that line at that time. You know, no, got to come up with something. So every day they come up with a different line. And that's the line they use, though, in the show. Really? Boy, well, he really had to go. <laughs> and we, so, but I, was, I had a pistol and I, uh, I pulled it out. So that was my favorite. I look at that, I say, God. I wasn't dyeing my hair. My hair, hair was—I can't believe it was that dark. Uh, Very—I'm um, surprised I didn't get called to do leading man roles. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but that's—I every once in a while I, I, I always want to get that out and, and watch it. Uh, How then, about
1: Roseanne? How was it to work oh, with Roseanne? Oh,
2: Roseanne, that was something. Um, <clears throat> Martin Walt- Moe was was played her boss, mm-hmm. and he was uh, gay. Supposed to be gay. And Roseanne and her husband uh, at the time, I think, that was, I don't know, forget Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. They were big fans of Fernwood. So mm-hmm. I met Roseanne at one time. She said, I would love to have you on our show. I said, oh, I'd love to be on the show. I said, I have a wonderful idea. Since Martin is your boss, and he was kind of like my boss on Fernwood, why don't I play his boss? Oh, yeah, well, think about that. So I got a call from one of the producers. They said, they didn't want to call you direct. They want you, you know if you'd come on and be uh, Martin's love interest, the gay <laughs> love interest. I said, you know, that's kind of awkward. Uh,
0: <laughs> this was
2: before, This was, today of course, I'm gonna jump at that, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, being Martin's. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they called me about two weeks later, that we have a, a further update. They want you two to get married and adopt a child. And I said, you know, I can't resist that. So we were the first can't resist we, we were the first gay marriage on TV. We beat well, uh, Friends, I think, by about a week or two. Really? Yeah. So we had a, a gay marriage. It was an unforgettable scene, one of the favorite scenes we were ever in. It was Roseanne's idea of what a, gay, a tasteful gay wedding should be. If you ever watched, they, they, she had Judy Garland impersonators, <laughs> uh, Liza Minnelli impersonators, and... Um, I I tried to play my character as straight as I could. I didn't want to be a caricature. Right. But Martin and I and we we had to walk down the aisle, da da mm-hmm. da and you could hear some, two people laugh. It was my wife and one of her friends had flown in from Texas, <laughs> and everyone else in the audience thought this was wonderful. We very gay, following. But there was a scene where we were supposed to. It was, it was um, get the the deaf comic um, and double talk comic um. We can Google all this. In when I'm all right, deaf. after the show. Yeah, uh, <laughs>
1: the Deaf comic. Why can't I? do that? Well, I didn't.
2: He wasn't Deaf, but he, everything was a. Um, he mixed up his phrases.
1: Oh, uh, Louis Nye. Um, you're close. Louis. It wasn't Louis Nye. It no. was. Uh, I know who you're talking. Oh, yeah. Norm Crosby. Norm
2: Crosby. He was the minister, and he said, "Fred, would you kind of give me a signal when it's my turn to talk, because I can't hear." And in the script, it called for him to say, I now pronounce you man and wife, and we were supposed to kiss. I said, what am I going to do? I'm not going to kiss Martin <laughs> I went through agonies. I mean, today, this day, I, I just, in the last minute, I said, you don't have to kiss. Just kind of go into embrace. I said, oh, thank God. And so, uh, the line is cut to jo- John Goodman. He says, well, they're going at it. And Roseanne said, they're not going at it. The two men are in love. It was a wonderful episode. And then the, the the one who caught the, the, the bouquet turned around and turned to be Milton Berle <laughs> in drag. I <laughs> was a star-studded show. Yeah. And uh, I followed Milton Berle to his dressing room during rehearsal because I had his book of jokes. And mm-hmm. said, Milton, would you sign my book? Which he did. And, um, was he fun? No, he started to give the director directions. And what you want to do when I turn around, you've got to do this and do that. Uh... But no one said anything, It was Milton Berle. Right. Um, but they cut out all that out he just he turns around he's mm, I caught the flowers <laughs> yeah. but uh, and that
3: goes
1: full circle because you ended up on Modern Family and you're the father of a gay on um, Modern Family aren't you the the, the father of um, Ty Burrell yeah
2: no he's not gay oh he's
1: not gay right no you're the father no, of a straight one wait
2: no you're yeah. thinking of um,
1: where are you the father of a gay person <laughs> What am I
2: thinking of? Ray Romano. Everybody loves Raymond. Uh, Chris Elliott was my son. He wasn't gay, but he, he was, was completely he was, crazy. He
1: was completely nuts.
2: We did one scene. We rehearsed where he came out. He, he, we did our lines. We did our lines. of the night of the show, we're taping, and he comes out. He put on a wig. He's wearing a wig, and he's wearing a kid's pajamas. <laughs> and I could do everything I could do to get through the scene. And when they called him the Cut, I said, Chris, how dare you come out without telling me? <laughs> he was so much fun. I was such a fan of his. Um,
1: so, what what were some of your favorite sets? Oh, wait, I'm going to stop asking questions. Let's get to because I feel bad. People okay, out there and have by questions. the
0: way, a longtime friend in Ohio, Linda Gardner, said, Oh my God, I wrote Fred a fan letter in the 70s and he wrote me back.
2: Love him. That's Aww. nice. Well, I try to answer. I, I'm not flooded with fan mail, you know. Right? <laughs> so, if someone writes me. Um, I wrote, someone wrote me once a letter uh, and the guy said, um, you know I suffer from depression, this is very sad Mm -hmm. and he said I had a, I feel sad even talking about it, Mm -hmm. anyway it was so sad he said I had a meltdown in front of my daughter recently and that's not good. Mm -hmm. I said I can't just send him a photo, I wrote him back, I said if it makes you feel better Almost everyone in my business suffers from depression. Mm. But take care of your daughter because, you know. And I think he wrote me a thank you note back. Aww. But it's so touching. And I sent him a. But usually people write, you know, dear friend, and they, they quote all the. My favorite show was this and that. And, you know, they read someplace. They have to be sure to include what were your favorite shows. And then, uh, could you send me pictures from me and my brothers and my sisters and my pal? their six photos.
1: That they're going to sell on eBay, probably, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, of course.
2: And in front of Joanne Wally, I said, what do you do? She, I sent him one photograph, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. But they sent a self-addressed stamped envelope, and yeah, I feel bad. I, mm. So I signed the picture. Uh, was there a comedy icon
0: you would have loved to work with?
2: Yes, well, um, Well, before, when I was growing up, Bob Hope. Mm. I just worshipped him. Danny Kaye, I loved. Mm. But that was a little bit, I mean... Uh, that was before. I had no hope of working with them. During my period, I, I w- always wanted to be in a Woody Allen movie, and uh, Albert Brooks mm. loved Albert. I almost got in his first movie, uh, but um, I didn't make it.
1: Um, yeah. Wait, so, were there any were there any heartbreaks of things that you really wanted that you didn't get?
3: Uh,
1: I don't get the feeling that that happened to you. No, too Albert often.
2: Brooks. What was his first movie where he mm. played the? Uh, the family, the, the that uh, they were all on camera for the whole. It was his first movie about the family. I see. I'm blanking on everyone's name. And, and I went up and uh, met with him. And the actor that got it was. This is awful. I'm forgetting. Google something here. I don't. I'll remember these as soon as we're off the air.
1: Albert Brooks is Okay, so. Um, but so that was the only thing that you didn't get. Barry sure really? was in it. Oh yeah!
2: I didn't care, but I I love the sure *Brooks*. I, I still do. And I mean, I'm sure I've yeah.
1: seen it. Carl Reiner says that he's the funniest person on the
2: planet. I don't. I think he's close to that.
1: Who do you think is the funniest person on the, the planet? Funniest.
2: Well, you can't much top. I mean, there's you got to name the top. There's Albert. There's uh, John Cleese. Mm. Uh, there's the um, Eric uh, Idle. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he wrote. It's the first movie he wrote. Yeah. Uh the thing mm, Real oh real life. Was real, it real life, life? no, no was it wasn't real, real life. Real life it was. Yeah. Then who starred in it? Alright, I now you're testing. Because me. I got a funny story okay. about that. Okay, wait, I gotta go see who starred in it. Dan, uh Dick Haynes, Albert no. Brooks, Matthew Tobin, uh the, Mort Lindsay. No.
2: The real the real lead.
1: It's oh, you know what? They're in order. Oh. Um Past overview, first build, I don't know, I, I don't know who, James L. Brooks was in it. Um, his brother Cliff was in it.
2: It's real uh, life. Isn't it?
1: I don't know who the, who the real... The
2: lead, he was the lead, and he's a very well-known actor, I just can't think. He had his own talk show. Um,
1: you sure it was, oh, Charles Grodin. Charles
2: Grodin. Yes. Uh, it was between Charles Grodin and me, and Albert uh, Brooks said, you know, Fred, I'm considering one other actor... One of you is the better actor, and the other is more something. So he didn't say which is which. And Harry Shearer was in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think Harry told me that. He said, Albert said it's between you and Charles Groen. So a year went by, and the movie was coming out, so I said to Harry Shearer, I said, I guess I didn't get the part. He said, didn't Albert call you and tell you that? I said, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I didn't care. So Charles Groen was wonderful, you know. But, but I would have been good, too, in it. Yes, you would
0: have. Yeah. Um... We got more questions, Pete? Yeah, somebody just popped up after you said it. It's Charles Groden. Yeah. It's always nice when people Yeah, jump he, he on was that. wonderful.
2: He's uh
1: Are you friends with him? Have you worked no, with No, I've never worked with oh. him.
2: I, I probably have met him, but uh, he, he he's good. He's wonderful.
1: Anything else, Pete?
0: Uh yeah, let's see. Uh, hi Fred and Vicky, what what's one aspect of pop culture would two thousand nineteen Fred Willard love to explain to nineteen eighty Fred Willard?
2: Pop culture,
0: yeah. Now that you explain
2: to yourself back in 1980, well, in 2019, everybody would be on a TV show, and there'd be shows that have been picked up for the third season that you've never heard of, and you ask your friends and say, "I don't know what that is," because when I was uh, 18 years old, there's NBC, CBS, and ABC, and then Fox came along, and um, you know, you do a show and 80 million people saw it. Mm-hmm. And now, if, if 2,000 people see it, it's a hit. Yeah. So
1: you, you did like a, I, I, you were on Easy to Assemble, um, Eliana Douglas's Yes. How, how was that experience? There were a lot of celebrities, a lot of you on that. Amazing
3: cast.
2: She, I, I met her socially, then mm-hmm. she asked me to come out to, she did it out at Ikea. Right. I was always a little puzzled as to what it was. And I, I was supposed to be the, the one who created Ikea, mm-hmm. And have a Swedish accent. I said, "Boy, how am I going to pull this off?" And I walked into IKEA, and the first one I met was the uh, the greeter, who was Swedish. He said, "Yes, you're going to see. Yes, we're doing it down." <laughs> so I listened to him talk for a minute, and I went up and I said, "I just talked to the greeter, like at Walmart." So I did it, and um, I didn't try to make a caricature of it. Uh huh. And I pulled it off pretty well. Pulled it off
1: really well. I went to the premiere. Yeah. At that party. That was really. And I fun.
2: think I met her through. Uh, Another mutual friend, Wayne Fetterman, who's become mm-hmm. a friend of mine. I like that. the of these are friends, and, and Elian is a friend. She's uh, very interesting. Uh, and I got to go to um, again. Okay, I thought I was doing great. The guy who hosts. Uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. The movie, the <laughs> movie night. And his, his, his grandfather was a huge producer. Um, he introduces the movies on TCM. Uh, oh, Turner Classic new yeah. Movies. Yeah,
1: um, iliana does that too yes Um, i don't remember who it oh
2: give me a name big producer back yeah
1: oh um um i i i I, I know i know exactly not Hemingway. uh, i know i know exactly who you're talking about not mayor um someone no tony is his name no no uh not the grandfather the son um all right, I... was watching <laughs> All right, wait. Turner wait.
2: Classic Movies. He's wonderful. He's... Uh, yeah, I, can't, I... I know who you're talking God. about. That's another thing that I wish I'd known. It's scary, but uh, helpful, Google. Right, right. I resisted it a long time, but now it's amazing. I'll hear a, about a song. I'll say, oh, what is that song you Google? Not only they tell you who wrote it, who sang it, you can watch it being done. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? And yeah. then commercials pop up.
0: Talking yeah. about that song, like how did you know? that? Yeah. So, was it uh, Martin Mull was grew up in Ohio, right? Yes. Yeah. In a suburb, um, uh, North Ridgeville. Yes, North Ridgeville. And then Diva was from Ohio, Akron.
2: That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I'm not. I'm, Robert Osborne. That's not who. I'm, that's not who you're
2: talking. Yeah, it's the same. Oh. The one who replaced him.
1: Yeah, but I'm not finding out who. I did is.
2: several shows for Robert Osborne in in uh, Athens, Georgia. Oh really? No, you know, he, for some reason, he took a liking to me, and he had me come on and uh, once I went down there for a week. He he hosted the movies for the first two nights, then he had to leave, and I got to host the last three nights. That's nice. So he was a wonderful man, very nice. Then he got, took ill and passed away, but he was a very charming man.
1: How was doing um, Wally and being a part of something that was so such a phenomenal? Wally,
2: they called me and they said we we're doing this movie called Wally, we'd like you to play the guy who owns all the businesses in the world. He said, we'd like you to come up to our uh, headquarters in Oakland, mm-hmm. like they were trying to sell me on the part. <laughs> we want to court Fred to do it. Uh, and I said, oh, my grandson is such a fan of Pixar. Bring your grandson, bring your whole family. So we went up and they, they, they told me about the movie. To make a long story short, I went up to... to film my part. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything else. They wouldn't tell me anything about the movie. Then they called me up a week later to do a couple other scenes because they said, you can't tell anybody you're doing this movie and you can't tell anybody the plot until like a week before it, it opens. So it, it, it was a wonderful movie for uh, kids. It, it subliminally, they love the characters, but subliminally it, it shows them you got to preserve our planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just that the green... Uh, thing was coming in. Everybody got to be green. Mm -hmm. So it puts it in kids' minds. You don't throw your Coke cans on the uh, street. Did you have some information for me? Ben Mankiewicz? Ben Mankiewicz. He's
0: he's moderating the Q&A panel for the Shawshank 25th anniversary for the actors. Oh,
1: Okay, so Pete was in Shawshank Redemption... Tell Fred.
0: Was yeah, so I'm, I've been invited to be on a and a panel, but not with Ben, with someone else, I guess, but that's, yeah.
2: that's what I'm going to Ohio for next He's fall. wonderful, because I watch, I'm a big fan of silent films, Yeah, and then I always wait to hear, first his introduction, then his after talk about, you know, this film was done in 1929, the leading man was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. he's got all the inside, inside information. It's wonderful. Then Ileana has done it too. So. Yes, Iliana
1: does it a lot. you have any more questions?
2: Uh, I do as soon as I get back
0: to them. So
1: I, I know one day, did we handle the guy's question who wanted to know, what, I guess that the answer
0: was... The one that um, you thought was asking you up.
1: No, you <laughs> thought he was asking out. I didn't think he was... You, no. uh,
0: let me see. If you could name one moment that blossoms into your thoughts, what stands out among all the rest?
1: Read the rest of what he said because it's very nice. Not
0: discrediting any others, but it is interesting with all that you have done and we all thank you for if a anything moment, really stands out a moment in my life or yes. just in, yeah that really
1: stands like, out i think he means professionally like a moment that was really oh boy that's uh you had a lot of moments
2: well i remember i got a, a an award for the when the comedy when they did the comedy awards mm. i got best american, actor, comedy, american, award, american yeah. comedy awards that was they don't told me ahead of time you, we want you to come. Uh, we're giving you the award. So just about doing their announcing, so I turned to my wife. My wife, I said, did I win this or not? <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to get sparkling sprayed in my eyes <laughs> that looked like an old... And then... Um, and
1: getting I, nominated for all those Emmys has to be pretty thrilling. Yeah, that
2: was... Uh, and you won one? I won one. I won one for daytime, uh daytime Emmy. Yeah. That was a surprise. I was there and I said, I'm not going to ever... I did... Um, the Bold. The Bold and the, the beautiful. beautiful. Wow. wow. Which I made a mistake the first day I pulled into CBS. I said to the guard, I said, I'm here for Bad and the Beautiful. <laughs> and I think he thought I was being a wise guy. I, I guess I was confused with Clint Eastwood. He said, You mean the Bold and the Beautiful? I said, Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I was very nervous, you know, the first day. Yeah. But I loved doing that. I, when that I started. Seems out of character for you. you know, no, when I started out as an actor, I used to watch it when they were done live. Mm-hmm. In fact, I played an extra on a couple of them when I first started. Oh, really? I first started. Mm-hmm. But I thought it would be such an acting experience to do a, uh, just like a one-act play every day, mm-hmm. and then throw it away.
1: Is it hard to learn all that dialogue and everything?
2: Well, yes, I worked very hard at it. I would.
1: Do you have any tricks, like when you have to learn dialogue fast? just go
2: it over and over, mm-hmm. and then I have little tricks to connect what someone says, because the last thing I want to do is blank when you're working right. with these professional, all these beautiful people on the set, and they're smooth, and one of the... And, uh, so I, I did okay, but I would, like, for three days go over a scene and i get there on the set they'd say, they'd block it They'd say, okay, let's shoot it. We'd shoot it once and they'd say, all right, pick it up from the middle line and we're going to shoot it from another angle. Bam, 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 bam. Okay, that's it. Let's move on. Uh, move on? <laughs> you know, if you did a sitcom, you'd be there, there'd be an hour doing this scene. Right. But it was it was very, it was wonderful. It's like doing a live, uh, almost like a live improv, but like you didn't want improv.
1: Adre- a lot of adrenaline when yeah, you're doing that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Cool. So it was wonderful. I was very flattered uh to win a, a you know, daytime memory.
1: So that I don't know if that was the answer to the question. Was there any? Were there any like performance moments that just? Uh, oh, that's. There was they have to be too many to count. Like, mm. can you name a couple of things? Well, was there early? was
2: a friend of mine. Not became a friend. His name is Art Fine, mm-hmm. who every year at Elvis's birthday, he would put on a show where people come and sing an Elvis show, an Elvis song. <laughs> And I found out about this, and he was doing it at, like, at the um, Palace Theater on Vine Street or something. Mm-hmm. And I called him. I said, I would love to do, I'm doing a play called Elvis and Juliet, where I play an Elvis impersonator. He said, well, you know, we're, we're having professional singers. He's, I said, well, I'd really love to. And he said, let me check with my band leader. So he, he called me back about 20 minutes later. I talked to my band leader. He says, absolutely, we want Fred Willard. He says, one song. I said that's plenty for me. He says no cheeseburger jokes. No. I said no, no. I'm gonna do this serious. And I'm gonna do an early Elvis song. So I did a song, and I I was just thrilled to do it. And then I, he called me back every year. And the third year or fourth year, I did a song called. Uh,
1: and you did it straight.
2: Uh, oh, definitely straight yeah. as I could. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I had a, a scarf wrapped around my neck. I I tried to do it as much as I didn't do an Elvis impersonation. but I sang it. And boy, did I rehearse that at home. Go, I tried to do exactly like the record. And uh, Then there I heard him do I a version a of a song called Faded Love, which is oh. an old country western song, but he did an upbeat version. And you could tell why Elvis was a huge star, because even though the original versions were great. So I got three women I know who were singers. I wanted them to back me up. The last minute I called a friend of mine, Chris Mostert, who played horns for the Eagles. Oh, wow. I said, Chris, would you come with me and play your saxophone? And the band, we went in the afternoon, we rehearsed the song. And I did this song where I sang it three or four times, and I got down on my knees, and I ended up like a James Brown. You know, I walked off <laughs> with a towel on my neck, and then I threw the towel off and ran back and grabbed the microphone. I think that was the outstanding of my life. I love that. Uh, and, was and it my, filmed? It, I, don't, I don't think it was. Mm. And I, I have photos of it, and I said, uh, I would love to see it. Mm. But, uh, and I did it another year, but I uh, didn't have the girls coming back me up. But uh, that was fun, because I was a huge Elvis mm-hmm. fa- Presley fan.
1: All right, one more question, Pete, and then we're going to let
0: Fred go eat.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: what was it like hanging with Mama Cass?
2: Well, I didn't hang with her, but a funny story. When I was with Ace Trucking Company, she was with... I th- I first met her in Toronto, Canada, where I think she was a member of the group called the Mugwumps. Hmm. And she kind of, she was kind of heavy set, you know, and there was a fella in our group, George Terry, who was very overweight, we played a lot, a lot of that. And we ran into each other on the street, she was there, and we were walking someplace, and she got very attracted to George. Hmm. And then when she was with the mamas and the papas, I guess she called George, we says George, and George says, "Hey, come on!" He says, "Come on, you gotta, you gotta do one for the group." I don't know <laughs> whatever happened to it. So we we hung out. I remember in Toronto, hanging out with her and uh, Doheny or Doherty. They were with the, the Mugwumps, mm-hmm. and I was uh, with an earlier partner where we did comedy sketches. And they would sing a song. We were at someone's apartment, then we would do one of our sketches back and forth. So this is oh. before the Mamas and the Papas. So then I rang, ran into um, Mama Cass's daughter. And she said, I understand you knew my mom. I said, yes, I did. She said, I'd love to talk to you. And I realized, I said, I don't have any real stories. I never hung out with Mama Cass when she became famous. But uh, I, I was just pleased. that She was the only, well, her and uh, Doherty I'd met. But I didn't meet John Phillips or Mackenzie Phillips. Mm-hmm. But that's my Mama Cass. Wow. So I wish I could say I hang out with the uh, but there was probably marijuana involved, not on my part. <laughs> I didn't smoke, I was very straight. And, uh,
1: and and so that was never an issue for you, substances, alcohol, no, no. none of that?
2: I remember, uh, who was the band leader for, for tonight's show? Uh,
1: Doc Severinsen.
2: Doc Severinsen. We were in the hallway and he loved my, our guy, Billy Saluga. And he gave us all some coke, and I took some coke up my nose. And it felt like you f- feel when you're coming down with the flu. <laughs> my sinuses, and I, I said, I don't need this. I don't, I'm sure that I'm not doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I smoked marijuana once at someone's house and drove, I was in San Francisco, drove back to my hotel. And I, I could tell I was like in a hazy state. I said, I don't want to take this either. So I do drink, not to excess, but I like alcohol. You know, drink yeah. gin and tonic, but no drugs. Clean living. No, no no purpose to it I just didn't enjoy it I'm sure if I enjoyed it I would go full doesn't sound
1: it. like you have an addictive personality though. no no and you you have a really good work mm. ethic so is there anything for the last is there anything that you haven't done that you'd still love to do <clears throat> are you like done like do you want to keep working
2: I don't really want to do too much I'm doing things with Jimmy Kimmel mm-hmm. I've done some, something on a show called I Think You Should Leave
1: Wait, what was that other thing on your IMDb that you said uh, that you liked? Um, oh, the thing that you, where you played God.
2: Oh, uh, Jeffrey Ross did the historical roast. <laughs> He's unstoppable. He's always, you know, he does the battle roasts. And mm-hmm. He called me one Friday, or they called me Friday night. My agent called and said, Jeffrey Ross is, Ross is doing a historical roast. He's doing a roast of Anne Frank. <laughs> it's just. So he would like you to play God. I said, When would this be? He said, Monday. <laughs> I said it's Friday night. It's eight o'clock at night. He said, you know, there's not much money, and he's calling at the last minute. No, how agents are. I said, okay, yeah, I uh, tell him thank you, but no thanks. And I hung up, and I felt bad because I'm a friendly with Jeff. Mm-hmm. I'm friends with him. And I said, damn, I, my agent, does, agents don't understand. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had an agent once who, told, who got mad at me because I did Waiting for Guffman. Oh. It's an independent film. You can't work for scale. That's wow. a whole other hour. So Saturday afternoon I said I'm going to hear from Jeff Ross and sure enough my phone rang. Fred, it's Jeff. I said, oh I'm doing this show. <laughs> How are you? How are you Jeff? And, yeah, talk, talk. Said, Listen Fred, I said, Jeff, I'll do it. I'll do it. He says, you are the best man. Mm-hmm. I said, who dropped out? He says, nobody dropped out, we just haven't cast it. So it was Gilbert Godfrey played Hitler, <laughs> John Lovitz played FDR. Uh, it was wonderful. Who was
1: Anne Frank? Uh oh! He's gonna quiz me again. I'm gonna to have to come <laughs> she up a with a was a Stand-up name. comedian,
2: Aye. but she did it perfectly. And people say that's very tasteless. It was, but the whole idea was to be just to make fun of this. Of course, They're roasting Anne Frank. <laughs> and it, as God, I would play. Jeffrey would say, "God, how do you explain that this could happen in our civilization?" Well, look, I'm not perfect. I'm very busy. <laughs> um, I forget what it was, but he kind of outlined Did he
1: give you free... Oh, he outlined it. Kind of outlined what, uh-huh. what
2: it was going to be. And um, then there was a show later in the week. I think someone had to play Babe Ruth and then someone was going to play Ellis Presley. I said, who are you going to get to play Babe Ruth? He said, we don't know yet. This was two days. He did everything, you know, on the run. Mm-hmm. But uh, he got anyone he wanted, you know. Anyone called someone. He worked for Jeff Ross. You know, you're, you're going to... Say yes. And I love Jeffrey, and I'm just uh, enamored of of what his brain, how he can, nothing phases him, and he can just have a comeback uh, in in a minute. Uh, Was Gilbert funny as a. Oh, well, of course, very X rated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And of course, he killed. Yeah. And I said, well, God can't be, uh, uh, you know, X rated.
1: Oh, of course you shot it in front of a live audience. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah of
2: course. And yeah. the interesting thing, he had everyone come dressed from the era, from the 40s.
1: Wait a minute, how did you dress as God? Well, they
2: gave me a robe and a beard and a, a wig. Um, and uh, they brought me out and they sat me on a couch, which is halfway between the audience and the stage. And. Um,
1: you oversaw things. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Rachel oh, Feinstein? Yes. I uh, played Dan Frank. Yes, yes. Nice.
2: She did a very nice job. And uh, I forget, they had someone play Ele- Eleanor Roosevelt who's just sat in the audience. They'd cut to her and she'd be <laughs> laughing at her at FDR and it was really done well I mean um,
1: I have to go watch that.
2: Oh yeah if you can Google it. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched the others but uh, it was really something.
1: Well, Fred, I think everything you do is really something, and I don't know, but I, I am very grateful that you are on this planet, and that oh, well, you've spent you spent your life entertaining mm-hmm. the hell out of us. And Thanks. But, um, thank you, and thank you so much for agreeing to this. We're in Fred's lovely home, and he's really hungry. I have a million more questions, but I have to let Fred go eat. Oh. Pete, thank you so much. Go see Pete. What's the name of the hotel?
0: Uh, Grand Grand Hotel, downtown Las Vegas. Vegas, my friend. Yeah.
1: Fred Willard, everybody. We'll see you next week.